Greetings, scene scripted Zenomans, and welcome back to another episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda. I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Each and every week, we pick a random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album are we talking about today, Jason? Today, we are talking about uh, the fourth studio album from High on Fire, Death Is This Communion. Ooh. And we got to see them recently. We did. Yeah. We talked about that on the, would have been the last episode. Yeah. That was the last episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We're uploading late once again. You know, just. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into the album, do we want to, do we want to uh, check in with the My Boyfriend's News Corner? And uh, Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, so it's the title of this podcast is now slightly untrue because Jason asked me a very important question Saturday night and we are engaged. Woo. Woo! We're getting married. Yeah. We're getting, we love each other so much. We're getting the government involved. Right. It's amazing. I'm so excited. Yeah. It was beautiful. Everything was beautiful. We had our um, streaming party for Bonnaroo this year. Last yeah. year we did Coachella. Um, not going to lie, like Friday was the best lineup, which you don't normally see. Right, but they <laughs> didn't stream half of the good yeah. half of the good people on the lineup. No Kendrick. Nope. No um, Lil Nas X. No Lil Nas X. No um, AFI. Right, and wasn't Paramore originally not going to be streamed? No, no, no. They were. I think they were always going to be streamed. Okay, Paramore's yeah. set was incredible. And yeah, they also streamed them like out of order. So Paramore got streamed at like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So you know, if anyone from Hulu is listening in and wants like my opinion, because yeah. clearly I'm a professional music reviewer and I know what I'm talking about when it's it comes a- to massive streamed content like this. Put them in the right order. Yeah. Stream all of them. Right. Just do like four channels. You got four stages, four channels. Boom. Done. I solved your problem. Give yeah. me money. Just do it the same way Coachella does it. They stream basically the, the entire festival. Like I literally might. Uh, I, I'm going to tune in to because Hulu also streams Lollapalooza in September. And uh, I'm not going to throw a big party for that one, but I will be watching it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will be taking note of what they do and don't cut. Definitely. So then next year, I'll make a more informed decision about which one of the festivals I want to center a party around. Definitely. And, like, I don't know. I think we could probably do two. Like, we could probably do one, like, in April. So if we wanted to do, like, a Coachella or, mm-hmm. like, an early spring festival. And then I would love to do one in, like, late October and make that yeah. also, like, our Halloween party. Yeah. So far, the best, uh, the best one of these festivals that streams is Coachella. Um, but... The only annoying part is they're on, they're in California. So, yep. So, so the time zone becomes a different. It headliners a, are going on yeah. at like four in the morning Eastern yeah. time. It becomes an issue. That's what I was trying to say. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we're trying to. I'm keeping an eye out on all of these all of these festivals that stream. I'm gonna get the right one eventually. Definitely, definitely. You know, we just all we really need is Hellfest to stream. Yeah. We do backyard Hellfest. Yeah. By the time we got to Sunday, my God, the the lineup for Sunday night was so boring that I just <laughs> abandoned it altogether, and I was playing like Hate Five Six concerts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it was really fun because um, it only ended up being like three people Sunday yeah. night, and it was nice because it was like a more intimate group. And we could talk about music and life. And right. stuff. I think there were like 35 people in our backyard Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like that for sure. Yeah. Um, 
it was magical. Thank you to yeah. everybody that came. If you came, if mm-hmm. not, it's okay. We still love you. Um, you know, but definitely try to come to our next streaming party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you yeah. never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun it was a fun party. It's a, it's a lot. If you, so, to kind of back up <laughs> and explain what I'm talking about, what we're talking about here, because uh, I realize when uh, you know people people might not know. Yeah, this might not be obvious through context clues. Basically, uh, I have a giant, like, inflatable screen and an outdoor projector. And uh, so a a couple years ago, I thought it would be fun to stream Coachella because Coachella live streams the entire festival. They have, like, five different channels going uh, the entire time. And, you know, it's just fun to kind of, like, emulate a festival environment in our backyard yeah, where, you know, we can have, we can project someone on the big screen. We can have a fire going. We can be grilling food. You know, we got some like outdoor yard games. Yeah. We and did stuff for um, this. knife throwing yeah. and uh cornhole. cornhole. Yeah. And, and we want to add for next year, but knife throwing was very fun. You got very good at yeah. that. Scary quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the knife throwing was fun. Um, and, uh, 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 what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, we decided to do Bonnaroo instead. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm all over the place. It's okay. It's the, yeah. our, our, our listeners are aware of how yeah. we communicate. <laughs> what I was saying about, like, the festival environment is, like, it's just nice to have, like, one channel, one lineup happening on the outside screen. And then I've also got the TV inside, you know, uh, playing a different channel so you can kind of, like, pick and choose. Yeah. And, like, that even happened uh uh, at Backyard Bonnaroo this time because uh, BMO. Yeah, you know, BMO like, and JD um, really enjoy. I forget what band said it was. It was uh, the band Camino. That's right, the band Camino. Yeah. Um, they happened to be playing on the inside screen. And, yeah. And uh, BMO wandered inside. I was like, oh, I'm going to stay in here and watch this. Yeah, which is very funny because <laughs> um, normally at these kind of things, um, BMO doesn't stay in the house much because BMO is extremely allergic to cats and they are also the type of person that cats are just naturally drawn yeah. to. <laughs> so I hope, I hope they're allergic. Cheese weren't too bad after this weekend because I know Jonesy in particular was like, Hello, yeah. I love you. You love me now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just really wonderful and everybody had a really good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were really killing it on the grill this weekend. Yeah. That grilled pineapple was fire. And uh, but yeah, a uh, shout out to Moonkissed Designs. Yeah, uh, that's where we got the ring from. It was- yeah, I guess we could put yeah, we could put like in the story on yeah. our like Instagram or something and like put a highlight, you know, yeah. just like life updates, you know. It's beautiful. It's this um, mystic fire topaz. Like I keep staring at it because like the color shift is wildly different depending on the lighting. Like right now, it's reflecting pink, purple, and green. Yeah. And then when there's no light on it, it looks like obsidian. Right. It's so fucking sick. I am so happy with it. I love it so much, baby. Thank yeah, you. I'm, glad. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to look at it forever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, that's 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 the big update. Yeah, that's the news corner, I guess. I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention to much online this yeah, last weekend I wanted, we've been busy. I wanted to talk about the Finn McKinty thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. That might be old now. Like, yeah. that might be too old. No, I mean, no one knows who Finn McKinty is in the first place. So right, right. I guess, I guess uh, when it actually happened doesn't really matter to most people. But uh, uh, I'll run through it quickly. Uh, fuck Finn McKinty. 
first yep. of all. Yep. Uh, Fuck I'm, transphobes. Yeah. We protect trans kids on this well, channel. He, I've always hated Finn McKinty because he runs the, the a YouTube channel called the Punk Rock NBA. And I started watching him when his channel first like started. Because, of course, with my YouTube watching habits, a channel like that is going to get recommended to me. Mm-hmm. You know, because he does all these videos that's like the rise and fall of so-and-so band or like why was scenecore popular. Like videos like that. Yeah, like video essays we tend to enjoy. Right. And then, so for a while I would start watching him and then like, like I he would have like bad takes. I've started to notice he was a bit of a contrarian, you know, if a band was like, generally liked he he loved to say like i don't understand why people like this so much and if a band was generally hated he would be like these guys are marketing geniuses they're using the out you know yeah like he, he's just one of those guys yeah like um, i hate that when you're like they got all these opinions but like they actually don't have any opinions because right. their opinion is only the opposite of yeah, whatever's popular very, in that moment very very reactionary takes on music and that uh you know is is a sign of things to come mm-hmm. because over time, you know, I started to notice Finn had a lot of a lot more bad takes about music, and then he started a, a second channel, a personal channel, which is like stream highlights, and those are much less scripted mm-hmm. videos and uh, much he, less thought out. He comes off like such an arrogant like asshole <laughs> on his, on his second channel, and uh, the the thing that really made me like, all right, I'm fucking done with this guy was when he was doing a a, a new metal like tier list, and he just went off on system of a down oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just, universally beloved band yeah he started system of a down yeah he's and and that's kind of when i started to notice like oh he's just farming outrage right you know because because he it wasn't just like because normally in his like regular videos he would be like you know this thing isn't really for me but you know i'm not gonna judge anyone's taste in music but and then like in his like unscripted stream highlights, he's like, the only people that listen to System of Down are fucking high school dropout drug addicts who live in their parents' basement and are mad at the government. It's like, what? <laughs> like yeah. one of the most popular. I mean, regardless, but uh, him him not liking System of a Down, I think, has a little bit. You know, it, it has some to do with the music, but it also, I think, has to do with the politics because uh, people started to realize that he is a bit of a right wing guy. Uh, yeah. Any time a band that's like right wing or people that kind of like uh, have like sexual assault allegations, you know, if it's a band he likes, like falling in reverse. Yeah, enemy of the show makes a return. Yeah, uh, he'll just kind of breeze right past it. That was another thing I noticed when he uh, he did like a video about falling in reverse, and he like quickly mentioned that Spirit Box like dropped off of the tour because of things on Twitter, and I was just watching like. What are they, Finn? Say it, Finn, you fucking pussy. Say it out loud with your fucking chest, you coward. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Is this going to be us yelling at Finn McKenzie for three hours? Because I'm fine with that. Yeah, so like (laughs) that happened. And then people dug in and figured out that his wife is like a right wing uh, grifter on YouTube. You know, one of these cancel culture people um, that he also happened to meet when she was 17 and he was 30. And then. And then, like, this all culminates in him releasing uh, a podcast featuring Blair White. Famous uh, 
trans anti-trans yes uh youtuber blair white essentially blair white thinks she is the only woman that ever needed to transition because she's a real woman guys she heard it from jesus himself okay everyone else deserves to die but she's a real woman guys she is a real woman but not for the reasons she thinks she is blair white is very much a like you know, I got my, now I'm going to, you know, I got to the top. Now I'm going to pull the ladder up behind me Yep. type of person. She, she loves to say like, oh, like all these trans activists are targeting kids and there's no way, like you shouldn't be allowing like uh, kids to like choose their pronouns or whatever. And then like, you can also find clips of her talking on like the Joe Rogan podcast and being like, oh yeah, no, I knew I was a girl when I was like five. Yeah. And then she started, like she was on puberty blockers and she started taking hormones when she was like 17. And it's like, you had all of the advantages Literally. that you want to take away from the next Literally, generation like, of trans people. She did not have to experience a male puberty that would no. have been extremely mentally and physically hard on her. Right. But she expects every other trans woman to do it and shut the fuck up about it, even though it causes permanent mm-hmm. changes to your body. I mean, she's also one of these fucking people that's like, I'm uh, I'm a valid trans woman because I pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if and you, she's if you attractive. Don't, yeah, if you don't pass and you're not attractive, you're not a real trans woman. To... Which, I mean, feeds back into, like, the bullshit psychology <coughs> of, well, if you're not fuckable, you're not a valuable right. woman. It just, it's the same shit over and over. And fuck Finn McKenzie, fuck Blair yeah. White. And you know what? While we're at it, fuck Ronnie Radke, you piece of shit. We yeah. haven't called you out by name yet, but I hate you. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, and yeah, I wanted to just kind of quickly touch on it. Uh, mostly because I wanted to make sure that Finn McKinsey got in to our like gallery of villains. Yep, yep. On this show, enemies and it, of the show, and it leads into this episode. <laughs> it too, does because another one of the like things that Finn McKinsey put out like before all this that uh, I really fucking hate it was he did a video about stoner metal. Oh boy, where uh, he's he's just so fucking stupid, mm-hmm. man. Like he he seems to know. First of all. I, I should say, I think Finn McKinsey's like a straight edge guy. So Dem- he I, has that aura, yeah. and he's like an, a dick about it. Right. So I think, <laughs> like, automatically, a genre being labeled stoner metal is like, oh, this is only listened to by fucking losers. Yeah. But um, it's like it's like he heard the tidbit that stoner metal is based on uh, Master of Reality by Black Sabbath, the Black Sabbath album, which is like true. But he then extrapolated that to his like uh hypothesis that all stoner metal is just copying black sabbath so he proceeds to like play like in this video like he'll play high on fire he'll play red fang and i can't remember who else maybe i mean maybe electric wizard which actually like that band does unashamedly rip off black sabbath yeah that's like literally part of they have an album called wizard bloody wizard yeah (laughs) which is you know it's it's part of the it's part of the whole aesthetic. Yeah, which is you know, you know a play on Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, but, mm-hmm. um, but that's like High on Fire and Red Fang sound nothing like Black Sabbath, but he still will play the song like, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is the same, and it's like, bro, just doesn't understand what a genre is. I guess no, and he also he's one of these guys that he's just I'll never take men like this serious, right. and I hate to say it, but it is it is pretty much right. mostly cishet men yeah. that it, are like. Every song I don't like sounds the same. I'm yeah. like, that's impossible. One hundred percent. And like, like playing "High on Fire" in that video is so silly because, as we'll see when we get into this album, they are much more 
uh, Motorhead than they are Black Sabbath. They are. Um, I could not help but think that while we were in that mosh pit. Yeah. Like, I was like, this this feels like being at a Motorhead show. Yeah. Not that I've been to a Motorhead right. show. Um, it's just, what if, what if Lemmy... Uh, smoked a bunch of weed instead of like doing coke and drinking whiskey all the right. time. Right. Oh my God. Speaking of um, the high on fire mosh pit, and since you've mentioned cocaine, this is my new <laughs> funny story that I tell at parties. Um, so we're in the high on fire um, crowd. We're like near the front, but we're kind of towards the edge. So if I need to get out, I can get out and I can sit on the curb for a little bit. And um, like the band's about to go on, they're finishing setting up, and there's these three like sweet young men that have been just around the festival and like you know have been in all the mosh pits, and they look like they're anywhere from like 17 to like 22. Well, like I look over, and one of them is doing just a fucking heroic amount of cocaine. Like it's on his face. Yeah. Like the other ones are like the same. It looks like three little boys that got into mom's flower, and then they <laughs> hold the bag over to me, and I'm like, no, you know what? I'm good, but you guys have fun. <laughs> So they proceed to, like, fucking dive bomb into the mosh pit and have, assumably, one of the best times of their lives. Fortunately, one of them did find me on TikTok and liked one of my videos, so I stalked them. Yeah. They did survive that evening, which I'm not going to... So, like, hairdressers can do a lot of cocaine. I personally have not partaken, but I've seen a lot of cocaine usage. This was, like unastonishing like they probably blew like three hundred dollars right. in that like 20 seconds <laughs> yeah. like just oh my god right like i hope they find this podcast and like i hope you know that i will remember that forever and i do appreciate that you yeah. offered that was very polite of you <laughs> and you know like just make sure somebody stays sober in the group i don't know if there was a fourth uh but like you know it's, know. A, it's just a good idea, man. But yeah. anyway, it is very funny to me, though, to do that much cocaine at a stoner metal show. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm like, baby, uh, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a weed band, not a coke yeah. band. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Death is This Communion Woo! is the fourth studio album from uh, American sludge metal slash stoner metal band High on Fire. It was released September 10th, 2007 in Europe and September 18th in the United States. Uh, The first pressing included a bonus DVD featuring in-studio footage of the making of the album, which I uh, could not find. Uh, This is the first album to feature Jeff Matz on bass guitar. And frontman Matt Pike noted that the album's lyrics are influenced by David Icke, H.P. Lovecraft, and The Bible. They sure are. They sure are. <laughs> and we will definitely be getting into at least the David Icke part of that. It is It is pretty um, funny that that's how David Icke describes it when this this is the nerdiest shit. Yeah. Like, when we get into it, this this is, this is was written by a D&D nerd, and I'm not even being a little dramatic. Well, I mean, like, do you, know, or, you know who David Icke is, right? No. He's a uh, he's a very very famous conspiracy theorist. He's he's like uh, he's oh, he's the oh. lizard people guy. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. there is a song he's with mostly, a lyric about lizard people, and yeah, on the, my notes for that Anunnaki. song, I just wrote, "Uh oh." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's most known as the lizard people guy. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, I think he's also a flat earther. I'm not sure. Oh but, um, not the flurfs making their yes. first appearance on the podcast. No. <laughs> uh, 
uh, high on fire for this album is Matt Pike on guitar and vocals, Jeff Matz on bass, and Des Kesnell on drums. Okay, so they've always been like a three-piece-ish. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think Matt Pike is capable of working with more than two people at a time. You know what? That's because, fair. I respect that. Because uh, a little history on High on Fire. High on Fire is the band that Matt Pike formed after uh, Sleep went on indefinite hiatus. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's the sleep guy. Yes. Wow. Yep. I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. He's the, <laughs> he's the same guy from Sleep. Classic, uh, foundational stoner metal band. Yep. Sleep. Uh, Icon. Most, truly. Most well known probably for their album Dope Smoker, which is, which consists of a single 55 minute long song. It's also one of my favorite um, albums in our collection. It's very good. Yeah. Um. Uh, technically, if you want like the original, it's a re-record of a song called jerusalem we don't have to get into it (laughs) but yeah this album was produced engineered and mixed by jack and dino it was mastered by alan douches Douches. and the album cover (laughs) uh which we'll get into later is done by eric roper Ooh, yes the album cover we actually have the full art for hanging in our bedroom it was one of the first pieces of art we put up when we moved in together yeah well i had to buy a frame for it because it's it's very long yeah it's a very odd ratio i had to get like a it it, it sat uh when i when i lived uh at the apartment with my sister it sat in the like cardboard thing for so long because i like tried to buy a frame but it's such an odd shape that uh, i couldn't find one right it's like I just want to talk to the artist. I just want to... Was it just like, were you painting on a board? Well, Did you find like just a really strangely shaped canvas? I think it's a paper drawing, which well, is somehow more confusing because it looks like watercolor. That, yeah. It's 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 because it's album artwork, so it, it has to be long uh, to cover both sides. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ours is like wider than the album. Right. Yeah. I mean, they always like... Yeah, they always do extra. But, but whenever you find like, oh, this is the full version of the artwork. Gotcha. Like it's always going to be, you know, kind of a um, like a 12 by 24 almost. Yeah. I guess like I just want to talk to more people that do like album art because it's something I would like to get yeah. into. So if anyone does that that listens to this show, please hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> um... Let's see, we talked we yeah, did our genre I think, tags. I think that's we talked everything. about the band. We did I, a little backstory. Yeah, I kind of just blasted through all of the Yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I think it's time to get into some tracks. Let's, let's, let's talk let's talk Fury Whip. Yeah, let's get a first track, Fury Whip.
Got, got a hot open on this one. Definitely. I wonder how many songs like in this genre have rhymed Holocaust with Pentecost. I'm just curious. Uh, I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. Doing the prep for this podcast is the first time I ever learned a single high on fire lyric. Really? I don't know what the <laughs> fuck he's saying. You know what? That's fair. Like, That's high, very fair. High, high on fire. This genre in general isn't really a genre you like listen to for the lyrics or for the songwriting. It's kind of like it's it's the tone. It's right. the atmosphere, it's the vibe of it all. Definitely. But I mean, like, there's some good stuff here. Like, oh, I yeah. love, um, like, the concept of bad luck's your noose. Like, I kind of want to start doing a series of, like, doodles, yeah. you know, like, based around, like, the song lyrics we listen to on the show, because it is generally the first time I'm also learning the actual metal lyrics. Um, but there's, there's some cool shit here. Like, yeah. that guitar is just, I mean, in the intro, you can't, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great intro. It's a great like, like death is this communion is a standard of yeah. stoner metal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like this is probably High on Fire's most popular album, I think. And by virtue of being a popular High on Fire album, it makes it one of the most popular stoner metal albums. Yeah, um, it is the blueprint. Now that you've said that, like mm-hmm. you know, like we've listened to a lot of other stuff that was definitely inspired specifically yeah. by this. Although to be fair, if you look at the. Uh, the album of the year and slash or rate your music comments. Everyone is saying this is just ripping off uh, Mastodon with worse vocals. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it, the guitar it, sounds very different for me because it's not that kind of Southern banjo picking thing. Right. I think it's like, because around this time in 2007 to 2012, I would say there was a really high saturation of, like these sludgy stoner metal bands. Yes. And it like every single time it reminds me of um uh when there was a comment that I saw on like Metal Sucks in like 2012 or 2010 maybe where it said uh, every band right now sounds like Mastodon except for Mastodon. You know what? <laughs> Cuz it was right after Mastodon put out Crack the Sky, which is like their big Yeah, like, yeah. clean vocal like froggy like yeah because that was the first time um i saw them live is was the 10 year anniversary yeah. of um the crack the sky or yeah, yeah it was like the unheavenly sky tour right yeah, yeah um but i'm also noticing i wonder if like i don't know if metalocalypse contributed to this or perhaps like metal was so popular in the cultural zeitgeist that that's why metalocalypse got made right but a lot of this uh multiple times i have written down wow brendan small could have written yes yeah. It's which, not not Death Clock. Which is funny because I would argue that um, uh, stoner metal is largely absent from Metalocalypse. Really? I always thought that that was interesting. I guess to me, like... I, like, I think there's a High on Fire reference in there somewhere. Uh, because, like, if you watch Metalocalypse, there's a ton of, like, background jokes. Yeah, That yeah. are, like, like, you know, the burger place is called Demu Burger. Right. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um. So I like, I don't know. I would have to go back and watch all of Metalocalypse again. Oh no! Yeah, that sounds what? like so much fun. Well, I mean, they just they're they're releasing a uh, a DVD set of the complete series. Ooh. Yeah. Not Blu-ray though, which is interesting to me. That's that's annoying. It is annoying. I want Blu-ray. I I I need that high quality. But yeah, definitely like 
in the moment of 2007, this is kind of what metal sounded like. Right. Definitely. Except for Mastodon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just move. Let's move on. Yeah. To track two. Uh, Waste of Tiamat. guitar sub bit though it's very good doodly doos i love a good doodly do what are we they love they love that uh that kind of clean guitar into Mm -hmm. the heavy guitar and this song is notably heavier than than fury whip definitely um i love this song um not least of all because uh a solid portion of my clientele uh, plays D&D or DMs D&D and Tiamat is like a dragon figure. She was also like uh, a Babylonian goddess. Okay. Um, specifically, she was a goddess of like the waters from which all other like gods and monsters were born. Yeah. Um, and in the song, it's like her versus the angels, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know if he's talking about like Romeo and Christian angels or if right. we're talking like her trying to eat her own children, which ha- was what happened in the mythology. Either way, I'm here for it. Yeah. I love a good song about an ancient monster. Right. I mean, this is, uh, I think I have this in my notes somewhere, but, uh, and I'm pretty sure I said the same thing about Opeth, but that was like the first episode. So I can say it again here. This is like what the D and D kids who smoke weed listen to. It really you is. You know, like, like this is like, uh, Oh my god, the the classic King of the Hill episode. Yeah. With the 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 nerds, the D&D nerds. Oh my god, yeah, where they have the tarot the yeah. tarot cards. Yeah, those are the type of dudes that listen to High on Fire. Definitely. Um Eddie know. Munson had he not, well, we don't know what happened to Eddie Munson in season 4. He <laughs> dies on screen, but that doesn't fucking mean He's anything. He's still alive in my heart. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what is... Oh God, the guy that plays him, though, um, in an interview, he said he was getting specifically like into stoner metal, oh, and man. I really hope he got into this album. I'm sure he did. Because <laughs> then in my head, Eddie Munson has listened to this album. Yes. 
and I need that to be possible in my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that season really fucked me up, guys. I'm yeah. still not over it, but, like, amazing song. Also, um, a lot of this is very from soft, and I'm, yeah. I'm understanding where the foundational of, like, because, like, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show or not, but, like, Jason loves, like, a high, dark fantasy with, like, unknowable entities and yeah. horror, like, loves some Bloodborne and Elden Ring. Um, that's why you got into Berserk. Yeah, that's... You know? that's this is kind of like Berserk metal. Yeah, that's specifically, like... Uh, I got into I specifically I got into like anime because I act like I wanted to read Berserk only because um all of the like Dark Souls games and stuff yeah. are like based on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna become a Berserk guy and just get really into Berserk. And, and then, then you did. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean that's also that's also just the HP Lovecraft influence that, Definitely. that, Pike, that Pike was talking about there. Definitely. Yeah, you because know, it it all a lot of that you know cosmic horror, dark fantasy, like a lot of that just comes back to HP Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I think we can go ahead and move on to the title track. Yeah, death the, is the communion. Yes. Get comfy. This song is eight and a half minutes long. Oh, yeah. It's the longest song on the album, right? Yep. Sure is. Uh, let me turn this volume back up here. And uh, I'm going to play the intro. And then, uh, I'm probably going to skip ahead just a little bit because there's no vocals for the first minute and a half. I want to get this bass riff in here. This is sick. Right. 
And uh, before we start talking, about, I want to skip. I have it in my notes. I wrote down when the guitar solo starts, so I want to play a little bit, a little bit of Matt Pike guitar solo before we uh, get into it. theme throughout the rest of the album but like specifically the minions seek to resurrect a god the graves hold arcane mysteries various swamps hide terrible catacombs this is about elden ring <laughs> this is literally about america and her bullshit wow matt, matt pike what did you know when what you... did you know and when did you know it <laughs> oh my god matt pike wrote fia's storyline yeah like like George R. R. Martin was just like, you know what? I don't want to do this bit of lore. Hey, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that would be really funny. That would but, be um, very funny. Yeah, no. This is, uh, I mean, this is why I love like this genre. Yeah. Genre. Especially that guitar solo. Like I love, like it's kind of it has these like flashy like flourishes to it when he like starts getting into it, but it's mostly this like droney kind of like long sustained notes. And uh, I don't know. It just builds such a mood. It does. Like I just, I just want to go play video games now. This is good video game playing music. You know, when you're like 300 hours in and you're kind of over the in-game soundtrack, and you like pull up Spotify. Right. It's uh, it's so heavy. It's so good. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and uh, I know that this is uh, controversial, but uh, I love Matt Pike's vocals. Yeah. I love how like shitty they are <laughs> is it weird that i but, like them more after seeing him like live and very close yeah i don't know why it's just like once you get like the vibe of what kind of guy matt pike is because at this point he's got to be in his like 50s or 60s right um yeah he's got he's got to be in his 50s at least yeah he's like you know he's not old but he's like our dad's age and like he usually performs shirtless which like great for him right, but it, Matt Pike is 51 years old. Yeah, he looks exactly like what, like, even if you don't have an image in your mind, I promise <laughs> you, he looks exactly what you, like, think he's going to. And, like, I don't know, just, like, the way he performs, like, I never disliked the vocals on this album, but, like, definitely, I, I'm one of those people that seeing a band live makes me stand them harder. <laughs> I was like, I think it's fair that, uh, you know, Matt Pike's vocals are a bit of a, a, a acquired taste. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have because it's not like a full like growl like scream like he just ha- he just sounds like he has he has a fucked up voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he just yeah. 
like it's it's so like dirty and unrefined and like he just and like his look i feel like uh adds to it like he just looks like yeah. such a dirtbag he <laughs> does i don't, I don't th- well mm, he might be in some aspects but mm, we'll get on the no i look i think this is you know if you're making this type of music i think this type of music is best made by guys who are kind of dirtbags a little bit yeah like honestly like i don't think I don't know. There's there's a there's an authenticity to it. Yeah, they can't all be corpse grinder. Right. Which yeah. oh my god, seeing corpse grinder live is a life changing event for me. Um, if you can go see Cannibal Corpse and you like metal, please go do it. They're yeah. amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Like yeah. it, it's like a, it's it's, a, it's the whole package with Matt Pike. Yeah, it's a lot like <laughs> it's a lot like when a punk musician gets arrested for like doing property damage. Right. Or like, like it adds to the clout. Or like you know? Pussy Riot getting arrested by right. Russia. God yeah. knows how many times. Yeah. Matt Matt Pike Matt Pike has dirt bag clout (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't hurt that he kind of looks like meatloaf (laughs) they could be cousins he's he's he's, he looks like lemmy if like lemmy really let himself go (laughs) oh like we don't we don't we're not trying to be mean i'm not i'm not being mean in my pike he can he can take it yeah, I mean, I guess he old. does bitch about lizard people. So it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I guess saying he, like it was like if Lenny let himself go, it's not that mean. Yeah. And also, I don't know, Matt Pike um, definitely leans in. He knows what he looks like. Yeah. And and he leans into it. Yeah. You know. And I love it for him. Yeah, like, you watch the you watch the video for Rumors of War, and there's all the like extreme close up shots of his like fucked up teeth and stuff. <laughs> Like he knows, yeah. He's, he's leaning into it, yeah. Um, but yeah, the next track is actually an instrumental that leads into the song Turk. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna skip because I want to get the transition in there because I really, Definitely. I really, really like this transition. Me too. So I'm just gonna play the instrumental and just kind of skip to like the last you know 45 seconds yeah. or so, and then go right into Turk.
interlude, um, Conrad's Wall, uh, I, it's funny because we had very similar notes because I, um, I was looking at your notes while it was playing and I was like, ooh, arabesque guitar, fun. What did you write? I wrote, uh, they sure do love that fake Middle Eastern guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do wish that the like Conrad's wall had been more what the rings of power yeah. uh, soundtrack was like. Cause Oh, it's just not good in the show. And I think that's part of what, like mm-hmm. why I was like, I don't care about Yeah, this. The soundtrack's just kind of like bland, you know, there's yeah. nothing, uh, they didn't have that notable Howard, about it. Yeah. They didn't have that Howard Shore money, yeah. um, for the show for sure. But, um, but no, there is, there is definitely like, Stoner metal in general, and then, oh, like we'll get to Turk, but like stoner metal in general does love uh, an Arabic sounding guitar, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's like a lot of it's because like you know the vibe of stoner metal. It's supposed to feel like you're in a desert, like in a yeah. vast in a vast wasteland, right? You know, for that dry mouth, right? Right, yeah. To go with the dry mouth. I mean, there is like a lot of. Um, a, st- a, st- a lot of stuff that is that is like stoner metal or sludge or whatever like another term for it is desert rock oh, you know that's that's where a lot of okay. the more like accessible like um uh, uh like queens of the stone age mm-hmm. or um that other band who's Caius, Caius, that's what Caius. Yeah, okay. like those bands also, uh, you know, by like publications who obviously don't want to use the word stoner, you know, right, they'll call them right. desert rock. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, like they don't make weed eaters. It's like, right. you know, grass thwackers or grass something. Thwackers. <laughs> grass thwackers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting into Turk, yeah. um, I fucking love it's, the line, like a magician with paint up his sleeve. Holy yeah. shit. I, this is the best song on the album. I'll say it right now. Yeah, no, (laughs) it's it's not even close. Like I like the rest of the album a lot, but I fucking love Turk, especially with like Conrad's Wall being treated kind of as an intro. To me, it's a seven and a half minute song. Right, it's it's at least the catchiest song on the album. Definitely, that's like that and Rumors of War, which we'll get to in a minute here, um, are the two that have like the biggest kind of catchiest choruses you yeah. know the most recognizable hooks but yeah i don't know that that song slept on i think mm-hmm, definitely definitely like you know we should make a playlist of just like underrated gems yeah. on this show and turk would definitely be on yeah it. and i think i think matt's voice sounds unironically great on this song. it really does like the crunchiness is absolutely yeah. perfect yeah it nails it it's mm-hmm. it's so good uh, that opening riff is really really sick um yeah i just have nothing but good things to say about the song turk by high on fire yep um, but yeah we'll get uh let's i'm gonna play some headhunter which is another uh interlude and then i'll and then i'll skip to rumors of war they they love an interlude on this album because there's like three of them yeah I th- no, I think there's only two. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just uh, Conrad's Wall and Headhunter. I thought D2 was an instrumental. Um, Is it? It might be. I might be wrong. We'll, we'll find out when we get there. How about that? We'll all find out together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Headhunter. Let's go.
Yep, it's a drum solo. Uh, yep. So I'll skip ahead to Rumors of War. This is the big single from this album. This is the only song that has a music video. Um, this is, I think it's still their most popular song. Yeah, they on, played like, all it. All streaming platforms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was amazing live. Um, it's my main note that I took on this song literally reads, uh, whoever's doing drums on this track, holy shit, my dude, nobody has worked harder than you ever. Yeah. You did great on this. Good job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> This one's going right up on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like fucking powerful live, yeah. though. Holy yeah. shit. High on Fire is such a good live band. Um, oh, my God. And it's just the three of them, and they create yeah. so much layer and nuance. And, like, I mean, yeah, whoever's doing br- – is it the same guy that we saw with them live that is on this album? I guess – I don't know, because we uh, have to actually look at the Hell in the Harbor lineup. As far as I know, I do not know how consistent – the, yeah, uh, that's a good point. The lineup for High on Fire is, um, oh my god, let me see here. No, no, this guy left the band in 2019. It looks like. Gotcha. Well, and the original then, drummer absolutely kills it on the track, and the guy that took over for him honestly did a great job. Yeah. I kind of thought it was the same dude. They worked so fucking hard. Yeah, their current drummer is Cody Willis. Gotcha. Well, um, you know, good job, Cody. You had big shoes yeah. to fill, and you did it, buddy. Uh, although their new drummer has not played on an album yet. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, because so, their last album was 2021. No, it was 2019. Oh, so or 2018, sh- technically, I guess. Oh, we are overdue for a new high on fire. We are. Album. They are in the studio. I, I was oh, reading. Okay. I was reading that earlier. Excellent. Um, excellent. But yeah, their last album was uh, Electric Messiah, which is a great album. Uh, they are, the High on Fire only gets more like accessible. Yeah, as they the, get older, yeah, they're as, just as they're they aging go. like a fine whiskey. Yeah, like I don't want to call them a fine wine because they're this band is not wine. Right. <laughs> I mean, they have like eight albums out. Yeah, right now, I think so. It's like you know, you got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, keep it interesting. Exa- Nothing makes me sadder than when, like, a legacy band just keeps putting out the same bullshit yeah. over and over. And, like, from what I can tell, High and Fire is not that band. Like, they're doing amazing, sweeties. I'm mm. so proud of them. But, yeah, Rumors of War, great track. I love the world building on this one, too. Right. Because it's one of the ones where, like, his vocal performance is so good. Like, it's so clear that you can hear what he's saying. Yeah. And, like, just, like, the the image that it paints is so 
incredible um and you know kind of very apt for the time it's 2007 we're at the height in the war on terror yeah. um actually oh i think no no this, it was a couple of years later that, um that my friend who w- died in that unfortunately kind of pointless war but uh yeah. you know you know it's it's very vivid especially with lines <laughs> like sacrificing sons and daughters rolls the war machine the tyrant fills his destiny snakes come slithering anarchy i'm just ah yeah the little edge lord in me is so fucking here for this song right now this is also uh the shortest song oh yeah not, that's not an interlude yeah not counting uh Conrad's Waller Headhunter. Wow, two fifty one. Yeah. This is practically grindcore. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is like this might be the shortest stoner metal song ever made. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be funny. Yeah. Is if like every stoner metal band just like did like a grindcore song on like a collaboration album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what Matt Wright can do in thirty seconds or less. Right. Although I I do love the idea of stoner metal bands like. Because there's, like, a thing where, like, heavier bands or, like, metalcore bands or something, like, they'll have one kind of, like, radio song on the album, and then the rest of the album doesn't sound like that at all. I do love the idea of stoner metal bands throwing, like, one thrash metal song in the middle of the album and, using that as the single, (laughs) you know? Just, like, tricking people into buying more stoner metal. (laughs) I kind of love that, though, yeah. And then you pop the CD in and every other song is eight minutes long. (laughs) You know, famously, that's what we do a lot of these days is popping the CD in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so next up we've got another instrumental that is either D-I-I or D-2. Yes. Kind of hard to tell. Don't have a lot of additional context. But no, it's cool riff though. I it think, is a very cool riff. Because this is another one that uh, it's got that good synthy oh, outro that I, leads yeah. into. Well, I said I in my notes I have it perfectly transitions from rumors. Uh, so I'm okay. gonna play the ending of rumors into this instrumental, and then we'll talk about the instrumental. Sounds good. This Sounds is good. this is this is the reason I I was confused. Because this instrumental is, is uh, three minutes and forty five seconds long, so like, it's, it's not really an interlude, right? It's just point. an instrumental track. They just really liked what they did fiddling around on those guitars and said, yeah. "We're putting it on the album." Fuck you. That's why. Yeah, so I'm gonna play the ending of "Rumors of War," which will lead us into D two.
I love a good instrumental metal song that like recognizes that you can just use the guitar in place of vocals. You really can. You know, people are scared to do it, but I think I have a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Especially since um after this, um we're gonna talk about the vinyl right. and then we're gonna yes. talk unfortunately about conspiracy theories. I think Rumors of War and D two were the same song and Rumors of War just has a three minute and forty five second outro. Oh, you know, maybe hold on. Let's add on to that. What if Rumors of War used to be called something different, and that's oh, why this one is D two? Yeah, yeah. Because a lot, of, a lot of times, uh, bands like when they're writing an album, they'll have like temporary song titles, right? Like placeholders. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if like Rumors of War was D, and then this one's D two. Right, you right. know, because it does. It really does feel like this was initially. Like the second half of Rumors of War, and then they chopped it in half so they could release Rumors as a single. Right. I mean, Rumors of War probably is literally the shortest song in stoner metal, but like mm-hmm. maybe it's not. It's conspiracy. Yes. It's a conspiracy. But before we get into more conspiracy, yeah. let's talk about the actual physical vinyl. Yeah, I forgot to do that a couple of tracks ago. It's fine. We're <laughs> having a good time. All right. So the version i have here is yet another uh newberry comics release uh released by relapse records the beautiful the beautiful eric roper artwork that we've that we kind of that we already mentioned at the top is this nice like greenish like pen drawing watercolor I wonder if Eric Roper ever does like masterclass because I would straight up pay for a masterclass yeah. if he was going to go over how to do like shadows and rendering with right. watercolor that's that delicate but also that bold. Mm-hmm. On the inside, you've got some nice you got some nice artwork with the credits mm-hmm. that kind of wind around it. Yeah, it's almost like it's a breeze like floating yeah. through this scene. You got some uh, you got some lyrics in here, you know, very very nice. But the main attraction here is the vinyl itself which is one of the coolest one of the coolest ones i own color wise mm-hmm. oh god yeah. every time i see it it's just more beautiful it's like the most artisanal egg <laughs> yeah it is a clear vinyl with a uh, gold in the center and a black splatter effect over the whole thing and uh yeah it looks really sick um this is you know it's i think i think it's still a standard 90 gram but like honestly i've mentioned it before uh on here because the freddie gibbs album was also mm-hmm. newberry comics yep. uh i'm always I, i'm always checking newberry comics to see yeah. what exclusives they have because they're consistently cool like colorways mm-hmm. and um they're consistently high quality oh yeah the dillinger album was also newberry yeah, comics. i was about to say dillinger <coughs> was also newberry comics because um, i always get newberry mixed up with mondo and they're both just good to watch yeah. period um, yeah, i buy a lot of stuff from newberry comics yeah like <laughs> definitely especially like as we get more into the fall i kind of start stocking it in preparation to christmas shop for mm-hmm. this guy so yeah. <laughs> It's it's definitely um one of our favorite like online retailers yeah, and they're not quite a big box like they're 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 small. They're yeah, they're a chain similar to like Second and Charles. 
Yeah. Uh, except Newberry is on like the West Coast, and yeah. Second and Charles is on the East Coast. Yeah, and it's I a, think Newberry is still like family owned. It's a it's a it's a Hardee's Carl's Jr. situation mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think they're the same company, but no, I'm sure and, Second and Charles has probably tried, but yeah, and Second and Charles doesn't uh, doesn't press albums. No, they should. We would go yeah. there more. I mean, uh, they should fucking build a Newberry here. They should build a Newberry here. If anyone from Newberry Corporate... um, As a matter of fact, Newberry, can you buy out Second and Charles for me? Yeah, actually, let's just... Like, real quick, because I kind of hate buying vinyl from Second and Charles. (laughs) It feels inauthentic in a way I can't fully describe. Well, they're, they're, they're more expensive than, like, regular record stores. And half the time, the shit's, like, damaged. It's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, like, generally, like, if we're shopping for records here locally, we're always going to Horizon. Shout out Horizon Records in Greenville. Also, we love you. Also, shout out uh, Pharmacy Records. Yes. Pharmacy Records as well. Amazing and, place. And Cabin Floor Records. And uh, that's it. There was another one that I found on Google that we never got a chance to go to. Yeah, we should. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. find, I'll find it again. Yeah. And we'll go there. Maybe part. if I if I uh, end up getting you to show for me to my doctor appointment tomorrow, we can go there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. Let's move on to <laughs> another long-ass song. This one's seven and a half minutes long. This is Cyclopean Scape. Uh, I'm going to be skipping around a little bit because there's an acoustic intro. And, yeah, the acoustic intro stops about a minute in. So here we go. See if you can spot the red flags. skip ahead a little bit to the hook of this song 
Yeah, this one's It's great. such a good song. It's so good. But, um, oh, boy. Yeah, no, my, my notes on this one are great because I, like, realized as I'm listening to it <laughs> what the song's about. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read my notes. All right. <clears throat> Another long one. Hell, yeah. Uh, the acoustic intro ends at 56 seconds. Or 56 minutes. No, 56 seconds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be a very long song. Yeah. Uh, this is music for cool nerds when you love Lord of the Rings and also drugs. I just realized this song is about reptilians. Oh, no. I'm going to have to talk about Pike's conspiracy bullshit. Uh, hook at 3.30 or so. <laughs> All right. So let me um, re- read you what I... What my note said, ooh, cool, very fun intro, very visceral, but soft. Okay, not going to lie, anyone who talks about lizard people raises a red flag for me, an anti-Semitic red flag. Not the Anunnaki! Fuck, hardcore grandpa, Mike suck. God damn it, not again. Wow, weird soft <laughs> outro where it feels like walking out of a venue. Yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of, okay, let's, let's start. Lizard people conspiracy theories have roots in traditional anti-Semitism. Yes. It's just... So a dog whistle, you know how like when you're like if you've ever heard a training dog whistle, humans can't hear it, but dogs can. So when somebody talks about lizard people controlling the world, very often what they're actually talking about is Jewish people controlling the world Mm -hmm. who they do not consider to be human. Right. And it goes a little deeper because we got an Anunnaki name drop. Now, in history, the Anunnaki were a group of Sumerian gods. um, But some, a couple assholes in the 1960s that just, like, I think it was Eric von Dinkinian and Zicharia Sitchin. I don't really care if I pronounce their names wrong or not (laughs) because they're both con artists. Um, But one wrote a book called Chariot of the Gods in 1968 where he claimed that extraterrestrial ancient astronauts had visited a prehistoric Earth. Um, he explains the origins of religions as reactions to contact with an alien race and offers interpretations of ancient Sumerian texts um, and the Old Testament as evidence. And in 1976, in the 12th planet, we just completely leave reality entirely. And um, Sitchin claims the Anunnaki were actually advanced humanoid extraterrestrials that bred humanity as a slave race. Mm-hmm. And um, are still controlling our world as we speak, yes. which just circles right the fuck back around to being anti-Semitic. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, this is this is some Project Camelot type shit. Yep. If, if you know, uh, Project Camelot is like, I don't actually, I don't know if that's like a well-known conspiracy show. No, please show. explain it. it. It's just a show on YouTube. Uh, Carrie, whatever her last name is, um, <laughs> does it. And, uh, yeah, it's just a weird conspiracy theory YouTube YouTube show that's been running for a really long time. Um, God, I wish I could remember anyone's name. I haven't listened. The, a podcast I listen to called knowledge fight typically covers Alex Jones, but when they want to take a break from covering Alex Jones, they, a lot of times we'll talk about project Camelot because it's like sillier yeah you know like um, Greg and Dana Newkirk from the haunted objects podcast often, um, name drop the Camelot because like it's really something it's really hard to be sincerely in the paranormal world um and making content online when there's people that are just bullshitting (laughs) going I think the Jews are aliens that bred us as a slave race really we're the real slaves it just always fucking comes back to that doesn't it I, I, I really really wish I could remember the dude's name it's Mark something but uh the like 
part of the reason Project Camelot is like notable is because um, Carrie is the only like this guy Mark is like kind of a a hero quote unquote of mm-hmm. this like certain brand of conspiracy theories because he went to jail for like killing a guy. Yeah. But technically, he paid his like twenty year old uh, uh, employee to kill a guy and oh his, yeah that's much better yeah and his <laughs> his defense is said that this never happened uh because he was off planet at the time so he couldn't have killed this guy I, he wasn't on the planet at some point we're gonna have to expand to like video yeah. format for these podcasts because look on my face i'm not sure if it's coming across yeah. in audio but i just <sighs> why are yeah. so many boring men on the internet just like i went off planet no you didn't greg yeah. you really fucking didn't but uh <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's generally what the song is i mean the anunnaki and whatnot i don't know yeah it's it's a cool riff yeah um and, and also to be fair like there aren't a lot of I mean, there aren't a lot of interviews with Matt Pike, period. Yeah. But he tends not to, like, talk about this. This isn't, like, a big part of his, like, personality. No, that's why I think it was, like, kind of like a jump scare for me. Because I'm like, anti-Semitism in my metal? Like, I I had a passing... Like, a passing knowledge that Matt Pike was, like, a weird conspiracy guy. Right. Um... Uh, cause I can't remember what his, he has a solo band too, that has like a funny name to it, but, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't expect him to just straight up go into, uh, uh, oh yeah, his, his solo, his solo project is called Pike versus the Automaton. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even in the, like, the lyrics of this one, it's not just like a surface glance. Like, like there's references to like flat and hollow earth in this song as well. Right, yeah, I wasn't expecting <laughs> I was, I, Like, I didn't know that the High on Fire music was like about right? <laughs> his I, conspiracy shit. How can the earth be flat and also be full of water, Matt Pike? Make it make sense? <laughs> None of it makes sense! <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's get into something yeah. that does make sense because I really like this next track, Ethereal. Yeah, Ethereal. Let's go. This is another one that I'm going to skip ahead on because vocals don't come in until uh, over a minute into the song.
we're and it's weaseled back into my heart because we're talking moths to ancient light. We're talking cocooned and made to slumber. We're talking metamorphosis. That's right, folks. It's a metal song just for me. Yeah. Your local neighborhood moth lady. And it's uh, another one of the like kind of catchier songs. Yeah, I love a chanty it. chorus. That was my first note on this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I wish we'd done this album before Hell in the Harbor, because I would have been chanting, like, right. that whole thing. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, what what I what I say about this? Uh, it's got, like, a nice psychedelic intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said his voice technically sounds like shit, but it really adds to the vibes of the song. It does, because it sounds like an invocation or a magic right. spell. I do not think this song would be as good if he... He had cleaner vocals. I agree. You know? I think it would be cheese. I think it would be, mm-hmm. like, it would be very, roll initiative for your yeah. dragon fire spell. You know what I mean? It would just be a little too on the nose. Yeah. It's got to sound grody. It's got to sound kind of crusty. It just works. Uh, this, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, the song also kind of has, like, a fade out and then fades back into, like, a weird psychedelic outro. Yeah. I had that noted, cool. too. Yeah. Although, uh... <laughs> I do have in my notes that I I hate it when songs fade out. Yeah. Instead of like having an ending. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just finish the finish just the goddamn lazy. song. Just finish the song. <laughs> just put a da 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 or something. Put something at the end of the song. Right. To let it like finish. I don't know. Um. But yeah, this is uh you know just another another great stoner metal song. It's about seven minutes long, mm-hmm. so it really gives you gives you time to get into the the groove of it. Right. Also, I'm a stand for a Hades name drop. Yeah. Hades and Persephone are two of my favorite Greek gods, and mm-hmm. you know, scepter raised of Hades elders. You know, it's yeah. cool. It's a cool track. Yeah. Well, Matt Pike's a fucking nerd. He is. You know, uh, which... and I love I love that about him. I hope he's not too uh weird in other ways but you know this this track really slaps i think this might be my favorite on the album i really liked um turk Mm -hmm. but like this one oh it's just something about it you know yeah and that uh leads us into our final track return to nod and or return to nod i'm not exactly sure what the correct uh way to say this is but let's go
This is a lot of people's favorite song on this album, and I feel like you can see why. Yeah, definitely. We were trying to figure out what Return to Nod was, Return to N-O-D, and I had the bright idea to look it up on songmeanings.com. There is one comment. It just says, Lord of the Rings. You know, I, I I will see your Lord of the Rings, and I will once again raise you an Elden Ring. Because I mean, come on, shivering yeah. like a shimmering blade, um, a chant in Hades against a giant that you cannot possibly hope to kill. That's a scripted death, shimmering blade. That's the yeah. fucking Moonveil. They predicted mm-hmm. everything in Elden Ring on this album. See, I have I have Dune in, really? in, in my notes. I I thought it had something to do with Dune. It's got a very dune type feel it does it. it definitely does especially like with the truth speakers right. you know yeah return to um nation of dune mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah maybe hey you know yeah and like i also had a note that like i kind of wish the chorus like the repeated refrain of speaking the words of the sorcerer's tongue i kind of because like just because tongue and begun and like so many things, like there's so many common rhyme schemes in this. It does get, it loses me just a teeny tiny bit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because this is the one where he goes full dungeon master. Right. <laughs> I'm so anno- I'm so annoyed that uh, Reddit is uh, like still on the blackout because oh, I tried yeah. to go. I tried to go to the R slash Metal subreddit because they have a thread about this song. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh man, maybe maybe someone on Reddit knows what the fuck this song's about. And, uh, nope. Yep. <laughs> can't, can't do it. Reddit, pay your goddamn moderators. I mean, honestly, like, uh, I think, I think Dune or Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. is. I think so. Yeah. You know, I think you're, that's probably the correct. It's like, yeah. it's very Mordor, isn't it? I just, and now, see, now it's really bothering me. I just want to know what NOD stands for. Right. And there's no annotation on Genius, um, for it. Uh,. See, if I type in meaning, it's just going to come up with the meaning for the word nod. Yeah. Right. That's not that's not helpful. Oh, my God. I, I didn't expect to want to do this kind of uh, research into this. But uh, if anyone knows what NOD is supposed to stand for, please let me know. At least in the context of this song. Definitely. I don't care if it's a uh, if you if you come up with some funny anagram for it. Yeah, you know what? Just drop your best guesses on any of our socials. Right. And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. I really love the imagery in this, though. Like, I mean, yeah, we already talked about the Shimmering Blade. Right. Um, it's still very chanty. I really want to draw the, draw the Throne of Eyes. Yeah. That'd be fucking sick. I want to sit on the Throne of Eyes. Like, fucking <laughs> Iron Throne. Right? <laughs> I imagine This it, sounds much cooler. It'd be way squishier. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, I guess whose eyes? Yeah. Right? Like... Oh, my God. I just remembered the fucking scene from Suicide Squad. Yeah. Where uh, oh. Harley, Harley Quinn stabs the giant starfish thing. Right, and all the yeah. rats are swimming around yeah. her and they, like, rip it apart. That is such a good movie. That movie that is, is better than movie. it has any right to mm-hmm. be. Everyone's phenomenal in that movie. Go watch The Suicide Squad yeah. starring Idris Elba and Margot Robbie. Yeah. There's so much homework for this fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's 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 the album. Yeah. Right so there. What are your thoughts? Uh I think it's very good. Yeah, controversial yeah. <laughs> take. This is a good album. Yeah, I mean here's like people have probably started to notice a little bit of a trend in my music taste is that I 
love stoner metal. Yeah. And I love sludge metal and I love progressive metal. Yep. Because we've already done a lot of that on the show. We have. You know, but it's been kind of cool because like, a lot of our listeners are friends and family that haven't really, like, have been maybe intimidated about this right. genre and not known about the genre. Yeah. So it's fun. Um, but yeah, if, if I come up with another uh, stoner metal album, I'll probably skip it and re- yeah. reshuffle. Yeah. I think, I think it's probably time to gently step away from the metal for an episode or two. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. My, my favorite song is probably still Turk or Return to Nod, I think. Yeah. Um, I think mine are um, Ethereal and Turk. Right. Uh, I don't really have a worse song, but if I had to have a worse song, it's probably Cyclopean Scrape. I just... It kind. Mm-hmm. I feel like I had like my innocence stolen from me. I thought this was just a fun metal band. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that he was a fucking flat earther. Well, and I mean, maybe anti-Semitic. Yeah, it, it's it's so funny because like not talking about it too much in interviews does give him plausible deniability. It to, really does. To be like, it's just a cool backdrop for a metal song. It is. You know, you know? and like like it's no different. Than writing a song about Dune or Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like, and it's I just high fantasy stuff. There is, like, a conversation to be had here of, okay, so does that mean, like, no lizard people are okay in media ever? Because I have a lot of scaly friends, um, right. which is the... the um, reptilian version of a furry that would hotly contest that um i don't know i guess i just don't know enough to know how he actually is because i haven't actually talked to the guy but overall for me it's a solid album what about some people that hated the album yeah so um i've got i want to read i I took a couple but i i think i wanted to just read this one long one Mm -hmm. it Uh, looks juicy yeah, it, it's, it's pretty good. It's a one and a half star. Oh, I will say, in my note for Return to Nod, before I get into this review, it'll become relevant. I literally write, this is so much better than power metal. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is what Dragon Force thinks they sound like. Well, no. Nah, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, this one star review from Rate, or one and a half star review from Rate Your Music from May 17th, 2008. So... That's why I love rate your music. You know, you get you get the you get the reviews that were made when the album came out. Yeah. So you get that good old school internet pompousness. Oh boy. Yeah, you because know, again, this is the same issue we had with the the Dillinger album. You know, a lot of these albums are classics in retrospect. Right. You know, an album of the year. Uh, that website just hasn't been around as long. Yeah, and definitely, like, most famously, I think albums like Plastic Beach upon reflection just become like better and better. You know, yeah. like Plastic Beach by the Gorillas. Nobody liked that album when it came out. And all my teenagers just think it was like the greatest shit ever written. Mm-hmm. I've always liked that album. But like, what do I know? <clears throat> all right. So I'm going to read uh, this kind of long review. They said, bad. I uh, yeah. I would almost think there were paid reviews. For me, this is boring and average. Heard hundreds of metal albums in uh, 2007 at the same level. Apart from a few short, enjoyable pieces here and there, it's easily forgotten. Think a much slower version of Mastodon jamming while lying in bed hungover and someone else is filling in with some grubby vocals. Oh my God. Or a softer version of Crowbar or Caius B-Sides with a couple of half-decent half bits and pieces. I don't understand the quote-unquote new Slayer thing either. I've never heard them no i have never even heard the comparison yeah they're new i mean maybe at the time people were saying that but i don't remember it yeah um uh that that is so laughable it's not funny 
Uh, that is so laughable, it's not funny. They always will be many times better than High on Fire, not to mention they play totally different music altogether. Slayer would be killed if they produced <laughs> this, some shitty sludge mu- music like this, uh, which will never ever begin to get close to Slayer quality with even one song. I will say, if Slayer released a sludge album, it would be more accepted than their new metal album. <laughs> I was going to say. Because um, <laughs> they put out Diablos and Musica, and that album fucking sucks. Everyone hates that album. Yeah. I've never actually listened to it, but like, it's like, dude, the thing that you said happened had happened yeah. by this point. <laughs> Maybe High on Fire can replace Black Sabbath now that they suck. (laughs) Jesus. Approach reviews with caution and be sure to listen before buying anything. Unless you love slow, fuzzy, sludgeball bands, uh, which only peak at mediocre, one of the most overrated bands of all time, like Trivium. Uh, Okay, not quite that bad. uh, It's good to know they're not as bad as Trivium. (laughs) I, I'm picturing this person in a trilby that he Yeah, the for sure. Oh, my God. And, like, uh, an unwashed till, flannel. Wait until you get to the end of this. Oh, boy. Um, one of the... Uh, yeah. Uh, do uh, Anyway, after not liking... Uh, oh, what, what is it? it? It's abbreviated as BBW, um, but I now I can't remember. It's like, oh, Burned Black Wings. That's what it is. Gotcha. Um, I was looking forward to the new album... Uh, with all of with all its 10 out of 10 lashings thinking it may be different i guess i will never dig this stuff it ain't really heavy metal guys iced earth and symphony x are the most heavy metal cds of the year for me two things i dislike about the u.s some very overrated bands and their government oh my god <laughs> beware the cover may suggest powerful metal like amon amarth primordial or god dethroned sorry but this is atrocious try before you buy so like not where the fuck is this motherfucker from that's a good question i get the sense that they're definitely european if they're if the bands they're specifically pointing out are iced earth symphony x it also seems amon amarth primordial like like there this person is a power metal person like and i don't know I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think this cover suggests power metal at all. Power metal covers no. are usually much more, like, colorful and kind of comic booky. If anything, like, if I didn't know what this album was and I saw it and somebody said, what genre of metal is this? I would go ahead and say death metal. It's yeah. not. But that would be the easier misconception for me. Like, I don't understand. Nothing about this suggests power metal. You're right. Right. Like, the, the closest thing is, like, maybe the logo kind of looks like a power metal logo because it has the kind of like old yeah. e- old englishy like yeah you know um uh oh it's right there cool um, <laughs> but yeah i yeah. mean that i don't know i thought that was very funny it's it's very funny to be like i didn't like the last high on fire album and boy is this one the same <laughs> right it's like yeah dude like it's like i think it, this band just isn't for you yeah that's the thing there, there's always this discussion about like music criticism where it's like if you don't like a genre of music as a whole mm-hmm. this person clearly just doesn't like sludge metal exactly then like you probably shouldn't bother reviewing the album because it's not really going to 
have any like purpose to it. I no, guess. it's like fucking Ben Shapiro reviewing wet ass pussy. Right. Yeah. Like he was you. You hate it from the outset. Right. So, like, why do you think you have anything to add to the conversation? Now, don't get me wrong. I am all for dumping on like shitheads. Yeah. You know, like if Ben Shapiro ever recorded a power metal album, I would rip that thing to shreds. I I do. I I did have one other like somewhat negative review this is a three star yeah that i want to read it's yeah. really short i thought it was funny um i saw these guys live and really thought they were quite heavy and then opeth came out and i was like these guys kind of suck i'll still buy their next cd though what <laughs> in what world is opeth heavier than this it's literally it's literally the fucking donald trump tweet of like uh, 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 what the fuck is Diet Coke doing? Uh, I'll still keep drinking that garbage, though. Right. <laughs> I'm still going to keep drinking that garbage. It's like, you know what? All right. Whatever. Uh, look, as long as you're buying the CD, man. Yeah. You know, they got your money one yeah. way or the other. Probably to buy more um, ancient alien conspiracy books. Yeah. But that just about does it for us. So let's plug some socials. You yeah. can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Amanda Moonchild. If you'd like to see my personal Instagram where I post like fashiony things as well as the whole moth journey, you can follow me at Spicy Pisces Crises. Uh, yeah, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at MBF Records Pod. And you can follow uh, me on Twitter at Frequency Shifts. And what's, what's our album for next week? Next week, we are doing... A long way home by Lopsy. Oh, I have no idea what that is. I'm gonna Let's be a, go. I'm gonna be a thousand percent honest with you. I don't really either. <laughs> It'll be an adventure this for is, all of us. This is one of the albums I got from Taylor. Excellent. Because it seemed it looked kind of interesting, and I have not listened to it since I got excellent, it. Excellent, excellent. So, I so join us next time for we don't know what. Uh, it's listed as electronic and pop, and, and alt pop and down tempo. So. Yeah, that's a good tone shift. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. See see y'all next week. See you next week. Bye.